Recent bank failures, along with volatility in the equity market and rising interest rates, have uh, many pre and post retirees scared, really scared. And today we're going to do our best to cut through all the noise and get people more calm about what's going on, make some sense out of it. And um, we're also going to play Stump the Guru. So please stay with us. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. You also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Welcome into the podcast, Money Matters USA with Fred Sade, who is founder and managing director of this firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. Fred is a fiduciary. He is a retirement specialist, and he holds a PhD in uh, economics uh, earned at Duke University. And Fred, I'm ready to jump in uh, here. We're going to have a great conversation. Yes, we are. I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of, it's an important conversation we're having where you're going to break down what in the world is going on with the banks. I mean, if you had to do like a nutshell summary, what would that sound like? Well, what I would say is that we've been taught that buying federal government debt is not risky. But every time you talk about duration, you're really talking about about bonds. And what we have had is not an issue of poor collateral or poor investments like we did in uh, 2008, 2009. What we have is a is a mismatch between uh, obligations of the banks and where they invested their money. Now, traditionally, you borrow short and you invest long. And that works uh, most of the time. This is one of those times where it did not work. And we're faced with the fact that with a run on the banks, it was an old-fashioned run on the banks, people wanting their money and you don't have to stand online anymore. You can just do it on your, you know, on your phone mm-hmm. or your computer right. or whatever, and then transfer it out enormous <clears throat> sums of money very, very quickly. And that created an old-fashioned liquidity crisis. And the uh, starting out with, with Silicon Valley Bank, it just could not meet the, the demand well, for, for cash. And so it uh, went to Goldman Sachs and asked for help, and Goldman Sachs turned them down. They uh, looked for a, a buyer, that uh, that didn't happen. And uh, they realized that, yeah, we have good assets, but we lack the liquidity. And, and then we were off and, and running. 
because they aren't the only bank that was in that situation. The sad thing about this is this has been known that that this um, mismatch between assets and liabilities has existed for some time, but nobody did anything about it mm-hmm. until it was impossible uh, to uh, to ignore the uh, the problem. And so the in theory, in theory, the assets are good, and they actually are. But in reality, there's a problem. And um, the bank management uh, just didn't f- fess up or live up to uh, what, their, what their obligations uh, were. And um, it's, it's very disappointing uh, that all of the regulators uh, let this go on. And now the Federal Reserve this morning released uh, a study, a warning that it did in 2010 uh, about uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Well, all right, <laughs> what's there to say? Right. Uh, one should do something about it. And it's not just, I mean, you have the FDIC, you have the control of the currency, you have... Uh, the Federal Reserve, you have the Federal Reserve uh, Bank in, in San Francisco. I mean, all of these have audit and supervisory responsibilities. So what were they all doing? I will out to lunch. Right. So, well, I mean, that's, you know, in, 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 uh, in basic, in basic terms, it, it uh, basically, it is a mismatch of assets and liabilities. And uh, people uh, wanted to protect their, uh, their cash. And so they pulled it out uh, of the, uh, you know, of a weakened uh, bank, further exacerbating uh, the problem. And um, there are about $10 trillion of insured deposits and about 7 to $8 trillion of uninsured deposits. And what, uh, what compounded the uh, problem uh, even more uh, is, the, is the fact that um, smaller banks— uh, like Silicon Valley Bank, were, were the recipients of large amounts of uninsured, non-FDIC-insured uh, deposits. And um, some of those deposits were pushed in by the money center banks uh, that didn't want deposits that were above the uh, FDIC per account uh, limit. And, and so that exacerbated uh, the, the, uh, the, the problem. You know, it, just like in 09, it just so much of it just reminds me of a movie that I know both of you really love. And that's It's a Wonderful Life. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it really reminds me of that. And in, in fact, we can visit Bedford Falls. I just talked to old man Potter and he's guaranteed cash payments to the bank. The bank's going to reopen next week. But, George, I got my money here. Did he guarantee this place? I'll take mine now. No, but you're... You're, you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. The money's not here. It's in, it's in Bill's house. It's in right. John's house. Uh, right. But, you know, fortunately, George had his honeymoon money. <laughs> they that's, saved that's the right. Bailey building and loan that day. Um, who was it that was talking about... Uh, I was, it seemed like I was reading that someone made the statement, we, don't, we no longer need regional banks. Did I dream that? No, you're probably. Uh, I no, I think I think you're right. That was, that was uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, someone someone did make that uh, that statement, and uh, 
that that is a very frightening yeah it's a very frightening uh, proposition it, it came out of uh, it came out of um, of, uh, of uh, I think it was Jenny Sohn, S O H N, who, was, mm-hmm. uh, who, who the administration withdrew her uh, her nomination ahead the uh, okay. Federal Trade Commission. But she, I think believe she's the one that made that that statement. That's a scary. Pro- well, that's, it's yeah, a it very is. scary uh, proposition. Now, I know that. Um, it was announced that there was an emergency reserve that was put together uh, in, in order to bail out the the, <clears throat> the three banks that were uh, at issue here, but um, but but that that does not seem to have been enough, uh, and um, the threatened banks or the banks that are effectively insolvent. Um, it, and it's only these troubled banks that uh, have the FDIC cap limit uh, removed. So that's not all banks. And um, there's a lot of upset in uh, the Senate, uh, maybe in the House, but certainly in the Senate, uh, that um, Janet Yellen, in her Senate testimony last week, last week, the end of the week, said that the uh, Chinese uh, banks, the Chinese, not banks, the Chinese companies uh, who have ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese People's Army, those companies are also being uh, bailed out. And um, <clears throat> there was a howl, a howl of, uh, of uh, reaction mm-hmm. uh, to that. And um, there's a lot of moral hazard, you know, that 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 really uh, exists. Uh, uh, I'll only get to that in a moment, but you know, the the question is, um, and this is raised this morning, where the community banks are asking that um, their deposits uh, be protected uh, up to um, you know, unlimited unlimited protection mm-hmm. for the next two years. Uh, and that, that's an indication of, uh, of weakness uh, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the banking, in the banking system. And um, the, um, there's, there was support in, in Congress, uh, including the Senate and the House, uh, during the Trump administration to relax some of the capital requirements uh, in the community and in the smaller banks, because those banks were concerned about the capital requirements and their and if they had a hold to it about their inability to lend, and uh, so those were relaxed. And um, Senator Warren was was a main uh, supporter uh, of that in, in the Senate, uh, and now of course she's taking a different a different stance, but. Uh, you know, she does have to be reminded that uh, you know she led the battle uh, in the Senate uh, to accomplish to accomplish uh, that. Here's what uh, Piper Sandler Chief Strategist Michael Kantrowitz uh, joined CNBC's Power Lunch to weigh in on what to brace for following the ordeal and the Fed's rate plan going forward. What what it will look like? 
the lagged effects of all of these policy tightenings from central banks, from commercial banks, and from inflation create the conditions for problems to happen. And so I think, you know, this is one of several problems that we're going to be seeing down the road. Most of these are due to higher interest rates. Historically, problems arise, the big problems arise when job losses occur, which unfortunately is a typical byproduct of the lagged impact of, of higher rates. So, you know, our message to investors has been for quite some time now to be quite defensive and conservative and that we're, we still believe we're in a bear market and investors shouldn't get too complacent on this idea that the economy is anywhere near recovering on a global basis. Okay. Well, not really cheery news. No, there. not at all. There's a lot to unpack on Kantrowitz's, uh, um, you know, statement. The, the Federal Reserve actually had two directions that it, that it could go in. Now, one direction was, was interest rates, which is the direction that they picked. Let me leave that aside for one moment and come back to it. The other direction that they could have gone in is to quanti was quantitative tightening. Now, they could have um, drew down on uh, their bond portfolio, that is, monetized it, and sent that money back to the Treasury and not reissued bonds. And it also could have done something about the collateralized mortgage obligations. Now, you remember the CMOs from 2008 and 2009. Well, they still exist, uh, and they're still out there. Now, if the Fed had chosen the, the bond approach, I, be, I believe that we would not be in the situation that we are in right mm. now. First of all, the, the Fed has a lot of control. I know that the textbook answer is it targets interest rates, but it actually has an enormous amount of control over the short-term interest rates through 24 months. Now, if it had chosen the bond route and the CMO route, it could have controlled the interest rate curve and it could have kept it positive so we wouldn't be looking at this enormous rate inversion that we have right now. And if it had chosen that route, if it went down that road, we wouldn't be sitting in this situation that we are right now under this enormous interest rate pressure. So it chose to go the interest rate route, and it started ratcheting up the interest rates, and it did it very, very quickly. There is not enough time to react to how quickly uh, it has done this. Now, Wall, Street's, Wall Street is telling the Federal Reserve, I don't know what the Fed is going to do. I don't know if it's going to listen to Wall Street. It probably won't. But what Wall Street is saying is, don't do anything. You've done, you've done enough damage this, this far. Don't do anything more. Let us digest what is going on mm -hmm. right now. So we don't know. We'll know very shortly whether or not they're going to do nothing or whether they're going to go for that 25 basis point increase because they're already invested in that and then do nothing. We just don't know. The other thing that's really uh, at issue here is is the Federal Reserve fighting the last battle? Is it fighting the last war? Because I say that because it's using outdated data and inaccurate data. And I've alluded to this previously, but, but I want to unpack it a little bit more. They're relying on data 
from the Commerce Department, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that the, the data is inaccurate. It's it's very lagging uh, data. If it wants real accurate data, it can go it can go to the Cleveland Federal Reserve. If you want to know what inflation is doing, if you want to know what is going on, you you go to the Cleveland Fed, and they have all the information that you could possibly want, and it is accurate information. Now, Stanford. Um, uh, university just put out a, a report because uh, it, it's a detailed report examining what is going on. And if you want to slog through it, it, it's, it, it is available. Uh, the, other, the, other if, the other thing about the interest rates is since rates are inverse to yield, uh, it, 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 the, the bond portfolios uh, were depreciated uh, in, in value because they had to be discounted. So if you take Silicon Valley Bank uh, or First Republic in, in New York, and, and the run is still going on in First Republic, despite the fact that $25 billion was put in, it's not enough. The run is continuing. Now, the, the, it, what, what the Fed did is it, it forced the discounting of, uh, of, of bonds. Let me shut the, my phone off here. Uh, it forced the discounting of bonds, and um, that put enormous pressure on on banks because the value of their portfolios declined. Now, had had they had they opted for the other alternative, the the bond portfolio values would not have been in decline. And this, the, and and since the even in the um, emergency actions that the Fed, the Treasury, the FDIC have put together. They are not recognizing the market value of the bonds. In other words, they are they are recognizing the par value, the face value of the bonds, and holding them to maturity, and, and that avoids dealing with the with the discounting. Because if you dealt with the discounting, you would then have to deal with with the enormous erosion in the value of the bonds. Now, I can remember, um, I guess it was late spring or maybe early summer. I heard Jamie Dimon on the Maria Bartiromo's program. And he was complaining at that time about the fact that the Federal Reserve was forcing the money center banks to, to, buy, to buy treasury debt. And he was saying, we don't really want to buy any more treasury debt, but we don't really have a good choice. We really have to keep on buying it. And that's true for the for the handful of primary dealers who uh, are only in the treasury market. There aren't many of them. It's not, uh, you know, a widely, it's not a very attractive uh, market, there's there's no diversification uh, in it. So um, that leads me to the conclusion that, but right now the banking system is is really quite fragile, and uh, any anything could 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 set it off. And the other thing that bothers me about the Federal Reserve uh, is not is that um, it doesn't appear to be recognizing that we're in that right at this moment we're in a deflationary situation. Yeah, that's that's hard to believe. You go to the store and, um, uh, you know, you, you see the prices of, of everything. But if you look at the price of, of crude oil uh, and, and other air, uh, other energy uh, items, commodity items, you'll see that the prices have come down. So uh, we're right now we're in a deflationary moment. If if the uh, run keeps, if the run on the banks keeps on going, and if the 
policies are not acceptable to depositors. In, in other words, they just don't believe them. Just don't believe what the government is saying. Then we we could be in for uh, a, they may call it a recession, but it'd be a lot worse than that. It, it would be a depression. Wow. So, I mean, we are, we are, we are in a very dangerous situation, and it could entirely have been avoided if the Federal Reserve uh, had chosen a different course and had not chosen to uh, rely on, on interest rates. They could have used bonds and gotten uh, rate, short-term rate control, the, the, the yield curve under control, and we wouldn't be facing this situation. Now, let's not forget all the spending that all the money that was printed between 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 printing money, issuing issuing bonds, issuing uh, short-term treasury bills. Uh, this not really in the most efficient way. Are you talking about during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the, not at know, all. <laughs> yeah, between between uh, between uh, what the treasury did and what the Federal Reserve. Did I mean it, it? It was well in excess of four trillion dollars. It was four trillion that was organ was authorized by by then Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin, uh, but we we wound up with more than that. Now it doesn't help that the that that President Biden's budget. Yeah, budgets are political documents. That's that's admittedly true, and they're mm-hmm. all dead on arrival. But but President Biden is talking about five trillion of spending. For the next ten years, five trillion a year—that's mm. fifty trillion dollars of, of of spending that he is talking about on top of a thirty-one trillion dollar debt. It's it's unsustainable, mm-hmm. uh, but that's what his priority wow. priorities uh, are. I I am not optimistic about where we're going here because I don't believe that Congress wants to get spending under control because spending allows them to bring home money to their districts or to their state, and they want that. I mean, their thinking is short-term. They're politicians, and they're just thinking about getting elected and reelected. So I don't expect any help uh, from Congress, but this is an untenable uh, situation. You, you, cannot, you cannot have the debt growing faster than, than GDP. That that is that is a that is a recipe for disaster. You know, there's a big debate out there right now. Will the United States exist in 2040? I would say yes, but right now it's just open to question. Well, that's what, scary. What this United States, what the United States is going to look at? In look many like. ways, yeah, um, I know that's scary thinking. I've never known in my lifetime anybody to wonder in such a short time you just gave there, where would we have a country? <laughs> what it would look like. Wow. Yeah. Oh, by the I, way, that was a uh, uh, Kevin O'Leary, apparently who said that on Fox business about regional banks. Um, he is the, um, O'Leary ventures chairman and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shark yeah. tank. Um, yeah. apparently that's what, you know, that was where those, what I'd heard. I knew I'd heard that somewhere. Yeah. But there's a lot of, t- it's, it's all over the street. Uh, yeah. About morning. regional it's, banks. It's not, yeah. yeah. It's on my terminal. Um, and I, you know, it, it, you know, the argument against it is pretty weak. I mean, you can argue that there's a moral hazard, but we already have moral hazard. I mean, this is this is nothing new. I mean, it, it, it exists right now. Right. Right. I mean, if if there's no 
if there's no responsibility, and, and that's really the bone to pick here, there's no responsibility. A bank president can go to Las Vegas and, and put it all on red and not worry about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that that there's, there has to be some uh, way to hold to hold these people accountable. And uh, in terms of uninsured deposits, I, I personally think that payroll accounts should be protected regardless of their size. Now, huge corporations may have three, four, five, six different banks, but small companies generally only have one, maybe two in, an outs- in, in a situation where they may be, you know, borrowing a lot and need a second bank. Uh, but the, pro- the, the problem that, that I would see is that there's absolutely no reason for a company to lose its payroll account. And I think that's that's unreasonable, and that, that needs to be, in my opinion, addressed. Now, whether or not you bump up the limit from a quarter of a million per account uh, to five, you know, five hundred thousand, I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but I, 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 I'm I'm concerned about an unlimited, an unlimited amount, uh, and I'm also concerned that. Um, you know, we're getting a whole slew of, of bad law. I mean, because c- c- Congress is always reactive. It's, it's not that the administration lacks the authority t- uh, to hold people accountable. It has that authority. It just hasn't done anything with mm-hmm. it. I mean, that, that's, that's a supervisory uh, failure. And, and there's, a lot to, there's a lot to go around. So th- there's a lot of reason not to be confident uh, about, uh, about, you know, about the uh, regulators and about what the executive branch uh, has done or, uh, or or not or not done. Uh, I, I I really feel very strongly about uh, you know about that. Uh, and I you know I have no idea what is going to happen here. We're going to have to see how this uh, you know how this plays out. I don't think anybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, you really have to be clairvoyant. To think that that you know what is going to uh, you know is going to happen. The other the other thing, you know, that disturbs me is is that what the the spread, you know, the spread on treasuries uh, for an American bank, the spread on treasuries is about ninety basis points. That that's you know that's that's what they keep. Uh, European banks, and this helps us with understanding uh, Credit Suisse. European banks, their spread is much lower. It's it's about twenty six to thirty six basis points. That's nothing. No no bank no bank can survive on on that thin a uh, margin. So um, on on Sunday uh, afternoon, when it was announced that UBS was uh, interested in in buying and made an offer. Uh, it was very interesting to me that the offer went from from uh, one billion to two billion to three point two billion, uh, you know, for the for the bank. And I didn't, I didn't think that any of that was uh, all that, you know, all that high to 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 get a bank, uh, you know, to to acquire a, a bank that has such a major European uh, presence. So then, uh, you know, they they finally got paid for the value. I, I assume. Uh, uh, for 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 their, the value of their bond uh, portfolio, which which I'm not sure uh, was in that first billion, the first billion, with the first offer of, of one billion was uh, 
couldn't have been uh, based on on the, uh, all, the the maturity value uh, of their bonds. It must have been based on on the current value. And I've read a number of articles about this, but I, I'm not getting a lot of clarity uh, from you know from from that. Or you know, it's again, I probably another matter of those who know aren't saying and those who don't know are talking. So we're going right. in circles, going around in, in circles uh, uh, here. Oh. Um, it, yeah. Um, you know, if you are, if you are an investor, you know, and you you have multiple accounts, and, and they're at and they're under two hundred fifty thousand, uh, there's nothing there's nothing that you need to worry about. Right. Uh, it's a, the the FDIC, and I know we we've got to take a break in a second here, but the FDIC covers two hundred fifty thousand per individual, right? Is that per individual per account? Per account. Per yeah. account. Okay. Yeah. In other words, let's say you and your wife have separate accounts. You have an IRA. She has an IRA. You have a pension, and so on. So it will it will cover. I mean, it will you you can you can get over two million of coverage, uh, right now. Okay. Based based on multiple but they have to be you know multiple accounts, Different accounts. joint accounts exactly exactly okay. per, so yeah you know, okay uh, but if you have if you're over two hundred fifty thousand limit then you have uninsured accounts and when the uh, dodd frank law was amended the the big four big money center banks uh you know as i said earlier were pushing deposits out so uh, um wells fargo in particular, has uh, was regarded as a conduit uh, to uh, Silicon Valley Bank because they pushed deposits out and pushed it over to SVB. Um, so there's a lot. The, so I, I haven't really uh, delved into that a lot. I, I'm just saying uh, just what the discussion uh, was uh, uh, earlier earlier this morning when it was at the gym and I was listening to. Uh, you know the conversation about the the tie between the tie in, if you will, between Wells Fargo and uh, Silicon Valley Bank. <clears throat> okay. Um. Well, we need to take a break, but because okay, we still go we still got two questions to get to on uh, Stump the Guru, so oh, yeah. we'll jump into that. But I I'm sure there's going to be more to talk about with this. We'll um, we'll tell you how to submit your question to Brad too. On Stump the Guru, that is coming up on Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA and Fred Sade. Uh, we, we talked a lot about, uh, because it's it's the big issue now, it's certainly the water cooler talk in, in financial conversations in offices around the country, and that's the, the banking sector situation. 
I don't know if it's if it's big enough to call it a crisis, Fred, but certainly a concerning situation to many. We're going to get to Stump the Guru in just a second, and I want to tell you how you can submit a question to Fred. Uh, that's really easy. You can either connect with Fred on LinkedIn, or you can go to the website moneymattersusa.net. If you click podcast, you'll get the drop down for Stump the Guru, and that's where you can send your question in. And we've got a couple to get to. Just uh, one closing note, and I know, again, we'll talk more about what's going on in the banks, Fred, but with your clients, how, in, 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 before we get to the stump, the guru questions, how do you set them up? So then they don't have to panic in situations like this. Well, one of the things that we do is we take them through a, a risk assessment and we look at both risk tolerance, which is really uh, how much money are you prepared to lose? And we look at uh, risk capacity, which is not psychometric. It's really based on hard stuff, like you know, like like age, marital status, gender, uh, how much money you have, uh, your lifestyle, when do you plan to retire. Uh, I mean, uh, ho- hard facts that you that you either have or you're or you're planning uh, around. And what we are interested in is is managing risk. Uh, risk is always present. Uh, and we and we want to be able to manage that so that uh, we can we can quantify risk, but we want to limit it uh, to ten or eleven percent of the value of the portfolio. So recovery uh, is is relatively quick. And uh, we uh, this is an ongoing uh, process. And uh, and if you can if you can control. Uh, risk, you're way ahead of the game because Benjamin Graham said that the essence of investing is uh, is controlling risk. It's not about managing returns. So that's that's where our focus is. And at, at this point, uh, the risk risk is risk is 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 always present. But but at the moment, uh, it's something to be really concerned about because if if you take the wrong road, make a mistake. Uh, it could be awfully hard to uh, recover uh, from it. So it, it's not just a matter of being calm. Yeah, calm is important, but uh, but but um, you know, being understanding how much risk you have, how much risk are you prepared to take? Uh, what do you what are you prepared to lose? And what's what is appropriate? Last week we we talked about the fallacy of staying the course, and and that uh, can really be an issue. Well, we definitely, as as with anything, any changes in the political landscape, Fred will not only watch it on behalf of his existing clients, but on the behalf of all of us uh, on this podcast. And he'll keep us up to date on that. Let's move into Stump the Guru. We've got a couple of good questions, as always, Fred. If you want to, again, submit your question to Fred Sade, it's moneymattersusa.net. Click podcast. Not only right there can you scroll through all the past podcasts we've been doing. Uh, we are at, like, uh, what, what are we at? Uh, podcast. 85. This is the 86th. This is the 86th podcast. So, um, yeah, we've been doing this for a while here, not to mention uh, on the radio for a while. And even we had a, a good run on, on the video series, too, yep. with Fred. So, yeah, uh, get definitely get that in and, and listen to the podcast. And then you can get the drop down there on podcast at moneymattersusa.net for Stump the Guru and submit your question. Here's our first one, Fred. It says, there is so much information. Information available that I get overwhelmed 
It's like trying to drink from a fire hose. More specifically, I wonder how a unique event skews results and provides statistics that can be misleading. I worry about my decision-making. I wonder if they... If that question is really recent, like the ink is still fresh on it after the, uh, the, all the what's going on with the banks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, that, that question, that question came in on on uh, Sunday. OK. OK. So, uh, yeah, I have no doubt about it. I, I think there are two issues. I think one is um, there's a lot of confusing information uh, out there and that a lot of that information is, is intended to cloud our judgment, make things unclear. Uh, and I think it, it makes it difficult to um, separate fact from fiction and make sound decisions. The other, uh, the other thing that I would say um, is that, and this is uh, behavioral, and it's called availability bias. And um, what this means is that sometimes there could be something that is really an aberration. And... Um, that aberration sticks in our head, and um, when we are um, thinking about a problem or we see something, uh, we because it sticks in our head, it's very easy to recall it, and uh, it can lead us to a false conclusion and gives us a false sense of reality. Now, uh, here, here's a very simple example. We've all seen um, at least one time, maybe more than that, the movie Jaws, and anyone who saw Jaws uh, has this tremendous sense of the danger from sharks, mm -hmm. and it leads to a conclusion that shark attacks are a major source of death right. when you're swimming at the beach. Now, when when we go to the beach to take our, our, our grandkids, you know, watch out, for, you know, watch out for the, for, you know, for, for waves, for the undertow, and watch out for sharks. Mm -hmm. Wait, the lifeguards, you know, all that stuff. Well, um, the truth of the matter is that what I just said is a false conclusion. Because death, deaths from horses are greater than deaths from sharks oh. by a ratio of 20 to 1. Wow. So, yeah, well, that's... Falling that's off the horse, I, I'm assuming. Getting kicked by the horse. Getting buck, kicked. Getting bucked by the horse. Getting yeah. bitten by the horse. Well, yeah. I mean, ho horses are not... No, horses are not like, like, your, like your pet poodle. No, I mean, they're, they're not. not they're more dogs lovable than sharks. Horses are dangerous. Yeah, but. horses are, are dangerous, <laughs> uh, and and that's that's something wow. that, that people don't um, you know recognize. So you know, availability bias goes into your memory, and it leads you to faults and uh, uh, conclusions, and and it, it will and it can affect decision making. So that that's yeah. a great uh, question. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, it, it, that reminds me of. Uh, have you been reading about the, have you read about the Mandela effect? It actually goes back to origins with Nelson Mandela. No, uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. Not related to him, but a, a common misbelief or, or false memory people have. And, it, and huh. I think it, its origins go to some false memory about Nelson Mandela. But anyway, um, it, it's actually a shared false memory. And just to give you the simplest of examples, um, many people think that the Monopoly man, the I guess he's the banker, but anyway, the Monopoly man wears a monocle, and he doesn't. Yeah. I thought he yeah. wore a monocle. So did I. 
So yeah, it's a now now this is not Mandela effect about Jaws, although you're you're right that movie about sharks because the movie Jaws did make us think that. But one quick thing, Fred, and maybe it's because news coverage is you know right at our fingertips anymore. Does it seem like it's more shark attacks now than ever? Or, yeah. or are we just hearing about it more? I don't know. It probably get, it probably gets reported uh, more more often because pe- because of the impact of uh, the, of the movie Jaws. Yeah, well, that's uh, quite true, right? It goes. I to mean, the-, the only time I heard about sharks was watching an old World War II movie when a guy get when you know somebody is shot down, and and uh, or about trying to find the shark repellent, right? You know that that down flyers <laughs> uh, could use or torpedoed. Uh, you know, uh, sailors or merchant marine guys, you know, who were killed in the, in the water uh, right. by, by sharks. And uh, the, they never did find, uh, you know, well, a it was highly effective, terrible, highly effective. real yeah. true life story with the USS Indianapolis. But I oh, chuckled yeah. a little bit because when you said that the first uh, the only thing I knew of sharks really pre Jaws was from Gilligan's Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. All right. Got another question for you. Historically, I am a bond investor. I see that bonds are now volatile. Bonds are supposed to offset equity risk, but right now that's not occurring. Without making uh, recommendations, what are possible choices for cash? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, uh, yeah, it, it really depends on what what do you want to do with with your money. What is the purpose of of your money? I mean, people think about you know uh, how much can I accumulate, but there has to be a purpose. So, um, well, people, you know, people are hiding uh, in short duration, such as there are mutual funds that are um, like cash. Um, there's a lot of there's a, a very large increase reported by LIMRA, the Life Insurance Marketing and Research Association, in people buying short-term ter- short, uh, multi-year guarantee annuities. Those, those have a fixed interest rate. Uh, there are also you know, bonus annuities that have a very high interest rate in the first year and, and run for a few years. But the durations are short. They, they run one, two, three uh, years on on some of them you can um, there are also internet banks that are offering six month CDs there are 17 week treasury bills that have uh, uh, you know high yields you could use money market funds either from, through a bank uh, or uh, you know or through uh, your brokerage account um, you know and finally you can use this high cash value life insurance. There's an early cash value rider, and, and the, these can be highly, highly effective, and they're not going to be subject to necessarily to, to market risk. So, uh, I mean, those are those are all the things that I, you know, can think can think of with, without making a recommendation. But what is appropriate for one person may not be appropriate, you know, for for someone else. And the other thing that I would say, um, and this goes beyond the question, but, um, you know, when the market is up, if you miss out a week or two, it's not the end of the world because up markets last for a long period of time. You know, it's what should you do prudently to to limit your risk uh, when when markets are behaving the way they are behaving Mm -hmm. right now. And and that that's the real test. The, The real measurement of risk is is right now. 
Well, and that's where Fred can assess the risk and and actually go over what you bring to the table. And, uh, of course, that could be a a virtual meeting, too. If you schedule with Fred, 800-593-8188 for Fred Sade, 800-593-8188. And, of course, uh, the website is moneymattersusa.net, where you can click podcast and scroll through all the mini podcasts, all 86 and also, Stump the Guru. You know, get the drop down there in the podcast tab where you can submit your question to Fred. That's that's now a weekly thing here on the podcast. Fred, enjoy the conversation. I'll try to come Andrew. up with some other Mandela Effect uh, examples uh, for yeah, next week. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar. I wasn't familiar with... Uh, it's been popping up yeah. on my news feed, and I really... Oh. A lot of the examples in the, uh, the first story I read on it really... Um, really made sense i mean i agreed with it i was like i i that i for instance the monocle i thought the monopoly man had a monocle so do i <laughs> i mean so do I. I have to look at i have to look at the box uh yeah he definitely no he, he doesn't have it uh yeah but it does go to vivid and detailed shared memories that nelson mandela had died before he actually died in 2013 huh. so yeah, that's the origin of that. Anyway, I'll see if I can find some more on it. But it, your Jaws thing reminded me of that. Well, I hope you have a great week. And, of course, hope, hope you have a great week as well. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay with us on the journey. Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.